Yeah, good morning, everybody. You are listening to the Glass Canyon Nation Fancast. We are your host, Jared. And Stephen. Good morning, Stephen. Good morning, Jared. For those of you at home, we are actually recording this bright and early to make sure it gets out on time. Because otherwise, we might miss the date. And we haven't done that yet. We've come close. We've almost missed one day. And we're not going to miss on the last one, though. That would be a really bad way to send off the show. Right? We're really iconic way. Our last late episode is the last episode. Well, our last late episode is the total recap. True. But that's neither here nor there. We are going to be talking about Giant Slayer episode 235 and Androids and Aliens episode 86. So if you haven't listened to those yet, you might want to catch up on that. Otherwise, we'll spoil it for you. They are quite juicy and a lot happens in both episodes, or at least some exposition. Yes. A lot of moving of the story. Yes, on both fronts. In Glass Cannon News, they had their first Black Friday sale this past weekend, including some previously Patreon-exclusive shirts. Hopefully everybody was able to take advantage of that. Yeah, the shirts that I wanted were on there, and the ones that I did want were gone by the time I had my wallet near me. So it was just kind of like, oh well. Yeah, gotta be on the ball, Black Friday. I know. Speaking of Fridays, Echo Quest, the 2.0 conversion of the Emerald Spire Super Dungeon, GM'd by Joe O'Brien himself, co-starring two new Glass Cannon actors, begins this Friday. And that's it for Glass Cannon News. I can't think of a better GM for two new people to join GCP because all the creatures are going to just be terrible and not be able to hit anything. And they're going to feel like they're gods, like first encounter. It is nice to occasionally just power through a group of enemies. Yeah. Especially like this last encounter, which we'll talk about a little bit with the party when, you know, you're able to just go up and just one shot an enemy. It makes you feel pretty good. So why don't we jump right into it with giant slayer episode 235. Lava's a battlefield. Nice. Well, we get a kind of a retcon of a little bit, and we find out what actually happened in the cathedral last episode. Metra, at least mentally, meets Brander for the first time, and he tells her to stand down. Jimmer and Dahlgrith talk while Jimmer trains, and Dahlgrith is wrapped in a towel from a fresh bath. It's here we find out some rather interesting information and particular words used to describe Terminus Est. Meanwhile, Baron and Thune have a heart-to-heart where Thune admits Baron is rather familiar and he possibly recognizes him from his past. Finally, Baron finishes his crafting and the party teleports back to the room where they go toe-to-toe with some greater magma elementals. Once Baron and co. make short work of them, they open the boxes to find they once used to hold firearms of various types, but now they are empty. This episode, Baron used a total of 11 shots bring his bullet count to 117 out of 128 shots left. There was a lot to kind of peel back from this episode, but one part that you mentioned to me that I thought was rather interesting is what if Brander is a doppelganger? Like a high-level doppelganger. Yeah, I mean, all a doppelganger is is a race. They can be any class. They can do whatever they want. I can see Troy doing that, especially with kind of the attention Mm-hmm. they got in this episode i also kind of think brander is kind of a at least for troy an evolving character yeah and that when he hears something or reads something he adapts it into brander mm-hmm. 
I think the baseline is done, his storyline's done, his class is done, but the other different aspects, I think, are evolving, which I like and I'm okay with. Well, and we've already seen that Brander can change shape. Yes. He was posing as the son of the. It's like Purdue's grandfather. Well, he was also posing as Ymir from Shinnerman's Fortune while the crew was initially taking on Minderhall's Forge. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then also turning into a dragon, which we've learned. Actually, no, they can do that. They can do form of the dragon. That's of the greater doppelgangers. Like the, the stronger ones can take form of the dragon. He also could have taken the dragon disciple archetype prestige class. I'm not sure which one it is off the top of my head, which grants you that ability as a caster later on but it does force you to take a draconic bloodline if you end up being a sorcerer. It's actually one of my favorite prestige classes in that you can stand and bang and then go back and blast away mm-hmm. and be feasible from both and not have to worry about getting hit too hard. I just thought it was an interesting concept with how much there was that talk of Brander and Doppelgangers individually. I was like, hmm, how interesting would it be if it turned out that Brander was actually a doppelganger from the beginning? Which would mean, technically, Thune could be Brander. <laughs> that would be interesting. That would be very interesting. But given that Troy has made note of his stat block, don't think so. But it would be cool. I don't think it's likely. It was just a, a fun little scene to play out in my head. I could see Troy doing some shenanigans. Or Troy kills Thune and puts in Brander as Thune. Yeah, that's another one. If he's a doppelganger, he can look like Thune. Yep. And nobody would be none the wiser. Well, that's all we're really going to discuss about this episode of Giant Slayer. Let's go ahead and jump over to Androids and Aliens, episode 86, Tossed in Translation. After the Herald, the leader of this group, casts Share Language, she begins to explain to the party what has happened. Most importantly, she tells them about the outsiders showing up and desecrating the temple found, which caused the Herald and her followers to be expelled. You see, she wanted it to remain open to everyone, while another advisor, Zavra, wanted to close it off to anyone who wasn't Kish. The party may be able to gain entrance to the temple if they're able to prove they are worthy, either at the House of Renewal or the Maze of Ghosts, or both. After some mutual platonic kissing, a.k.a. mind links back and forth, Kreska and co. find out the outsiders are from the Cult of the Devourer. A crew is then given a map of the city and offered a safe place to sleep should they need it, but not Resurrection. Much to Ellie's dismay. Well, I mean, that makes sense, right? With their burial ritual being, oh, you're unconscious? Let's throw you off to the core of the planet. Not even unconscious. You could just be sleeping. And there's like, <laughs> could just be like, oh, you look dead. I'm going to throw you off the ledge. Well, it takes care of the burial problem because eventually they would run out of space. And there's no stink. You just send them right to the core. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. Now, I did feel a little bit like the boss alien from Space Jam when Bill Murray shows up at the end of the movie. And he goes, whoa, 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 I didn't know Dan Aykroyd was in this picture. <clears throat> because apparently Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd look alike or something. Maybe it was the Ghostbuster reference. But as soon as the Herald started speaking, I was like, hold on a minute. Did they get Nick Lowe? It sounded like him. And I like, I get that Kish and Gish sound similar, but... It could have been just your mind hearing what you want to hear, but I agree. It did sound like Nick Lowe. I mean, I was okay with it. it I just was not expecting 
a the herald to have that specific voice. Just the it. I was expecting it to be a little more regal. What if he had Dune's voice? That wouldn't have surprised me as much. I don't think. But I just thought it was funny. No, it may have just been unknowingly accidentally picking it up because it's Kish. Sounds like Gish and yep. using the same voice, you know, subconsciously using it. Yeah, it very well could have been. But speaking of the Herald, I wanted to talk a little bit about Talavit. And by talk about, I mean, read the description from the core rulebook. Because Talavit is very interesting. This is going to come from page 490. Talavit, the storyteller, is the lawful neutral goddess of community, self-reliance, and tradition. She's got centers of worship on Akaton, Brethida, Idari, Triaxis, and in the Vescarium. And her symbol is an ancient Kasathan sigil of community. Kasathas are a people steeped in custom, history, and tradition, and their goddess Talavet is no different. In ages past, Kasathan storytellers gathered their clans around the fire and taught them stories of the past, the traditions of their clan, and the history of their people. Tradition holds that, as they did so, these first stories began to take form, breathed into life and awareness by the blending of ideas and the fundamental magic inherent in language and communication. Thus was Talavet born, not just a storyteller, but the story itself a god embodying all tales and legends of the Kasatha race. She is communal memory, a representation of the bonds that hold the Kasathas, and to some extent all races, together, and connect them to their ancestral home. Talavet teaches that tradition is the most important link in the chain of history that binds a community together, and that ancient legends, myths, and stories form the solid foundation of an ordered society. Naturally, the gap was a tremendous blow to her church, with many seeing it as a form of divine punishment. Yet, in the centuries since, her shattered congregation has reforged itself, stronger for having what they now call the time of silence. Her followers believe in sharing wisdom for the benefit of all, and looking to the past as a guide to the present and the future. But especially in light of the gap, they also know there are times when records fail, words fail, praise, praise, or you cannot rely on the community's aid, and so you must learn to trust yourself and your own personal traditions, just as a young Kasatha must undergo the tempering to discover himself and become an adult. Unsurprisingly, Kasathas make up the majority of Talavit's worshippers and priests, but the storyteller's faith also has gained significant number of followers among the Shirins and Yusoki, who both have their own tight-knit bonds of family and community, as well as the Vesk, who find much to agree with in the goddess's focus on tradition and self-reliance. These same tenets attract envoys and operatives to Talavit's church, as well as Salarians, the inheritors of the ancient Kasatha philosophy of the cycle. Talavit's temples generally match the cultural styles of the congregations that worship there, but even a simple hearth can serve as a shrine to the storyteller. Full churches often include a hearth with a flame that is always kept burning, and feature red lighting that evokes memories of the Kasatha's original home star. While Talavet's church is generally easygoing and happy to work with members of other religions, for even the cruelest religions help to anchor their people, they have a long-standing feud with the church of Nyarlathotep, which I probably pronounced wrong, resenting the way that god's faithful twist stories into deadly secrets and conspiracies. The one thing I find really shocking in all of that is 
the Sharon also follow this particular deity? The Sharon, the Yosoki, and the Vesk. Yeah, that is interesting that there are so many races. Specifically, the combination I thought was interesting was both the Vesk and the Sheeran. Yeah, because the Vesk are rather material, not materialistic. Um, Territorial. No, like they're they're based off of like they're very heavily in honor and, and like the military and serving and they're they're like Klingons. Imperialistic. Yeah. They're like Klingons. So I, that's the one that kind of shocked me. But I just thought it was interesting because it was the swarm that brought the Vescarium and the Pact Worlds together initially. So to no. see that the freed Sheeran also worship Talavet, which I think is interesting. Also the fact that Talavet basically was born from storytellers, I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, it's very much, you could see a lot of these based off, like I'd imagine like Native Americans were probably, if Talavet was around here, that would be who they would follow. I can like see it's that. Very, it's very something very tribalistic of that particular deity. And a very strong oral history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that fitting. But that's going to be it from us today. As a special thank you for listening to us for the last year, this next bit is going to be a look back on 52 episodes and the professionalism that went into recording these, or lack thereof, and some of the outtakes. Some of these you might have heard before at the beginning or end of some of these episodes, but I think most of them will be fairly new. And I thought there was no more fitting an end. You could almost do a podcast solely on our fuck-ups. Each individual episode would be short, but you could do one. But you could do one. And in Joe the show... When they arrive at another landing, they see a series of weathered pillows. Yeah, where's the champagne? The champagne supernova. Oh, God. I don't know if I can sell that. (laughs) I'm definitely leaving that in. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I don't know if I can. Backstory that Troy. (laughs) (laughs) You may or may not want to leave that in. I mean, a, a dog does love a good bone. Don't we all? And I'm cutting that out. As the group makes their way down the ramp, they notice that there is no mechanism to open the porculus. See, now I'm doing it. Now I see. You said it right. Did I? Yeah. Well, I'm super excited for that, but that'll be revealed tomorrow at 10 o'clock Eastern AM. Wow, that's... Ten o'clock Eastern AM in the morning. Well, with that, we're gonna move on to Androids an episode. Androids an episode. Fuck off. Well, ding. <laughs> Does that mean you're empty? Does that mean you need a refill? <laughs> it means my Already? water glass accidentally hit the. Uh, is that the, other is glass. that the refill bell? <laughs> it means I have two coasters that are incredibly close together on a small desk. I mean, you can never go wrong with Fleetwood Mac. You really can't. I mean. Especially Chain. I mean, and Thune really has to go his own way. <laughs> he really does. Because, um, you know... Oh, I've been drinking too much already today to, to come back with these. Because <laughs> that caught me off guard and I was like... Uh, 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 uh. I... <coughs> Holy shit. Scotch went down the wrong throat. Hold on. You have more than one throat? (laughs) Down the wrong pipe.
dickhead. <laughs> doing dis... Doing distance? <laughs> you idiot. To gain a plus one to their flanking bonus? Mm-hmm. And then a free plead. Uh, free plead. And then a free bleed. So for sale... For sales the fave. God, I'm like Troy at the end of this episode. He was bad. Baron then asked Dolgrith or Thune, who has the best... <laughs> Get that man another drink. <laughs> the ghoul near Fresca. <laughs> You're talking about the canned beverage, right? Yep. Fresca. Tell me all about the size of your average giant piece. Or your <laughs> giant average piece. <laughs> You know he has that forever now, right? Yeah, I know. I, I get myself in trouble a lot by talking. The story picks up immediately after PG supernova on Qualo and Kreska. And I... That's... That's <laughs> phrasing. <laughs> phrasing. I said on because I, I knew all over was not going to fly. And then it just got... <laughs> then, regardless, you, you, you painted yourself into a corner and you were fucked. Mm, that hot supernova. Ghouls spread, and sometimes purposefully, a virulent disease known as girl, girl fever. <laughs> girl fever. <laughs> you get bit and you turn into a girl. This is cooties. They have cooties. They have cooties. Oh, no. We found out. Wow. So whenever the air temperature gets above a horny, a horny, a horny. <laughs> whenever the temperature gets above a horny temperature. Yeah. As long as you're not spoiling, spoil, spoiling, spoiling. The first episode that I was on was still in book one. Uh, book shit. When they kiss, kiss. When they kiss both sides. And as always, we'll see you next year. We'll see you next here. <laughs> You're so stupid. So there we have it. We are stupid too. Uh, before we take off, though, I did want to take this opportunity to thank you, Stephen, for having me on here. I haven't been on here since the beginning, but I feel as though becoming part of the fan cast was, how do I put this? I'm very appreciative of including me in on this because this is something that while we don't have the GCP level following, which we never would, but those that we do have, you know, I consider friends and, you know, you and I, you and I will always be friends. Mm. Um, but just being here just shows me what kind of people that the nation are. And I really, really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to be part of this. You sort of stole my thunder. I was going to thank you for helping me make this show. Well, you know, I beat you to it, so you can't repeat my thanks and stuff. Jackass. Mm-hmm. But seriously, thank you for for helping out with this. It would not have continued on had you not been able to, to join and to help the show evolve as it moved and look at the, the different direction that we went in now versus when you started. So... Really appreciate all the work that you've put into it. And also, I want to give a special shout out to everybody in the nation who listens to this. We know it's yes. been an interesting ride from day one to get to where we are today. And we wouldn't be here without you. 
And an extra special shout out to everybody who wrote in, who commented on the stuff on the subreddit page. The guests that have been on. Uh, the people that have been on to give us feedback, to help us turn the show into what it's become today, and to help it reach this point. Because a year is fairly short, but at the same time... It's a year. It's 365 days and 52 weeks. It's an accomplishment, and we never missed a day. We missed a release window, but we still released on the same day that time. Mm-hmm. You know, Somehow we made that work, and I'm proud of that, and I'm proud of where we wound up with the show. And I hope to be back sometime soon with something like this or maybe even better. That said, keep an eye out. I will have an announcement on the Twitter once the total recaps are ready and before they release. My goal right now is (laughs) pre-Christmas. I will be dedicating all the time that I would normally be spending on this to getting that done. And I will let the nation know when that is ready. In the meantime, keep enjoying the Glass Cannon podcast. Keep enjoying Androids and Aliens. Keep enjoying Raiders of the Lost Continent. Keep enjoying the live shows. Even if our show doesn't show up, we will be there with you in spirit. Yeah, and Baron's bullets will still be ticking. I'm sure you and I will probably discuss things over Twitter about episodes, kind of like a back and forth mm-hmm. recap. Yeah, we will still be around. We're not, you know, riding off into the sunset. We're we'll we'll be here. And as always, if you have any questions, thoughts, or comments, send us an email at gcnfancast at gmail.com. But for the last time, for now, thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great week. And just one last time as well. Fuck you, Steven. Bye. Glass Cannon Nation Fancast is an independent production with no affiliation to the Glass Cannon Network. The intro and outro song is titled Work by Kevin McLeod of Incombatech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution License 3.0.